You're listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast, episode number 135. Welcome to the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast. Business advice so easy, you'll feel like you're cheating. And now your host, Amy Porterfield. Welcome back to another episode of the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Porterfield, and this is an extra special episode because it's time to bring my go-to Facebook ads guy back and dear friend, Rick Mulready. How you doing, Rick? I love when you say it's an extra special episode because yes. that pumps me all up. You always get the extra special for sure. I my appreciate that. audience loves these. I get so much great feedback about these episodes when we come together and just talk about Facebook ads. And I bring an expert on, which always helps everything. So thanks for being here. Absolutely. I got to tell you that I talk to a, most people on a daily basis. I talk to people that all love you. There, I mean, you, seriously, tell I know, me I know more. I've said this in the tell past. I know I've said this in the past, but I talk to people every single day that they're like, yeah, I listen to Amy Porterfield and I get so much value from her and all this other stuff. So if you're not hearing that enough, I'm here to tell you that hey, I hear thanks. it all the time and I love it. Okay. I'm going to bring you on the show again next week. So thanks a bunch. <laughs> Absolutely. That's what I'm here for. So before we dive in today, because we are going to be talking about the five Facebook ad mistakes that most entrepreneurs make when they are building their ad campaigns. But before we get there, tell me about your weekend. You actually had a really fun weekend. Yeah, we went up to Portland, Portland, Oregon, not Portland, Maine, Portland, Oregon. My wife and I went up there. We usually go up there in the summertime, usually in July, but we didn't make it up there this year. And we we're like, you know what? Let's pop off to Portland. So we have this crazy two for one pass with Southwest Airlines right yeah. now that expires at the end of this year. So all of our travel this year, as much as possible, if we've been going together, it's two for one. So it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. So we, we went up there on Friday morning to Portland and stayed at our favorite hotel in downtown. Just had a blast. We went up there with no plans whatsoever, except they had the most amazing farmer's market in Ooh. downtown downtown Portland. Yeah. And I got to tell you, <laughs> they have the, well, there's this one stand there that always has these. So I'm gluten-free. And so they had these gluten-free hand pies. What? And they do sweet and, they do sweet and savory. I love sweet. I have a huge sweet tooth, but right. I like the savory ones. They do like this chicken and vegetable one. That is like to die for. This like, is as not soon as sounding we, good. This is as soon as we figured out that we were going to be going up to Portland, I was like, ah, hand pie okay. will be in my future. Okay. First so, of all, who calls it a hand pie? It's a Portland thing. I don't even know. I've I mean, never I don't even heard of that. It's the, like this little turnover thing. Okay. That is so funny. And it was chicken and vegetables and chicken you thought and it vegetables. was delicious. Oh, so we get to the <laughs> farmer's market like right as it's opening at 8.30 in the morning on Saturday. And we get there and it's just an amazing market. We start walking around and my radar is like oh, no. looking for this stand and we're walking through and we notice that a lot of stands are in different places than they were before. Yeah. And so we're like, oh, okay, well that was, that was over there last time. This was over there. So I'm still, I'm looking, I'm in search of this stand and we, d we go through the entire market and I don't see this. No, stand. there was this information booth there about the market. And I went up there and I asked the guy, I was like, yeah, like so I'm describing and he goes, oh yeah, I remember them. Yeah, they're not here anymore. <gasps> and I, like Amy just looked at me <laughs> and my face just went white. I was like so disappointed. 
So I had to settle no, for some other stuff. No hand pies for you on no, this Portland trip. No, three hand pies for me. I mean, like I was like yelping, you know, doing searches, no go. Well, but just in case any of you have a farmer's market in Portland <laughs> where you do hand pies, I'll give you Rick's address. Because Seriously. I know Send how you are, Rick. Way. I'm not surprised to hear that you were there at 830 in the morning, the first people in there. Oh, yeah. Looking we were there. everywhere. Oh, yeah. Yes. This oh, yeah. is Rick's personality we were, we for were, sure. Uh, we were all over it, but we had a great time. We, we did it. It didn't ruin my weekend. We had a great weekend and we got back late last night and ready for a great week. I think that's a great thing that you went on just a little weekend getaway with your wife. Cause I asked him, I said, did you see anybody? Did you meet up with old friends? And he's like, no, just the two of us the whole time. Just a quick little trip. Yeah. I we think just, that's fun. We went up there with no plans other than to, I mean, they have great coffee. We love coffee. They have great food up there and we just yeah. kind of just walk around and get some fall weather and. That's uh, exactly what we did. It was awesome. I love fall weather, w- yeah. which we are having zero of here in Southern California. <laughs> we got California. back here. It's, it's like 75 here today. So frustrating. <laughs> okay. So I know some of you that are super serious about Facebook ads are thinking, will you guys stop talking and <laughs> get, get to it. the good stuff? And I understand. I get that. I just wanted to hear about Rick's quick little weekend, but we are getting right to it. And again, we're talking about those common mistakes that we see most people make with their Facebook ads. And hopefully the goal of this episode is to help you sidestep these mistakes so that you do not have to make them. But also if you've made them in the past, Rick has some suggestions, insights, feedback to help you bounce back from some of these mistakes. So let's go ahead and dive into the first one. Rick, what is it? Yeah, so I've made a list here and I've actually come up with six, but two of these are going to kind of be combined together. And the first mistake I see people make is that they think there's one way to make this all work. Like there's a a right way and a wrong way. And a lot of that has to do with the offer that they make. It's like, should I make this offer? Meaning, what should I offer my target audience in order to you know, get them to to purchase or get them to join my email list or, or whatever it is. They think there's one right way to do it. And if people get nothing out outside of this episode here today, I want people to get that you have to test different things. There's no right or wrong way when it comes to putting your Facebook ad strategy together from an offer standpoint. I mean, this really comes to and I know that you have a lot of students, Amy, that ask you the same types of questions that that I get. Is it, It's like, is this the right thing to offer yes. my, my target audience? And it's like, well, you know your target audience better than anybody, hopefully. And so you know what their pain points and challenges are and what special skill or knowledge that you have that you can help them with. And so it's using that knowledge and using the knowledge about your target audience to figure out what kind of offer makes sense for your specific target audience. And oftentimes people think like, okay, there's there's a right way and a wrong way to do this. And then they think, okay, well, I'm going to go with this, whatever this is. Let's just say we're doing a webinar on such and such topic. And they've decided to do a webinar, but it's the topic that is the, basically is the, is the initial offer. So the topic with the webinar. Well, let's just say the webinar flops. Well, it's not necessarily that the fact that the webinar itself was a flop. Maybe it was the topic, the offer that they were making to get people onto the webinar. So you just got to try something new. You know, it's that mindset of, okay, I'm going to try different things out to make this work. It's not going to be one thing set in stone that is the right way or the wrong way to do it. Okay. I like that because I do think that experimentation is the name of the game here. 
and understanding what's going to work for your audience, just running some Facebook ads. And if the Facebook ads don't work, it's not always, well, you're doing your Facebook ads wrong. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Yes. So you could be actually following everything that Rick says about how to put together a Facebook ad campaign. Or if you're in my webinars that convert program, I walk you through step-by-step how to do your Facebook ads and you might not be getting leads on your webinar and you might be thinking something's wrong with my ads. I'm not targeting right. I'm not setting them up right. Something's not going right. Well, it could be that the topic of your webinar is not resonating with your audience and they're not excited enough to actually hand over their name and email to get on your list. Yeah, absolutely. When it comes to the offer, the offer is going to be so critical to make your entire strategy work. And if it doesn't work the first time, you've got to go back to the drawing board and try something else. But this really comes down to, as I mentioned before, understanding your target audience, knowing what they need, knowing what their pain points and challenges are, and then how you can uniquely help them. And that is what you use to craft your offer. So a few things that you could do to kind of back up a little bit, let's just say that you think maybe I don't have the right offer. And just to be really clear, when we say offer, we're not talking about always selling something. It might be, like we said, the right topic for your webinar, whatever you're offering them to do from your ad. So let's just say that you're thinking maybe my topic of my webinar is off, or maybe this guide isn't really resonating with my audience and you're not really sure why. There are things that you can be doing consistently to start collecting the data. Like one of the easiest things you can do is when people do join your email list, you ask them to reply back to that first email with one of the biggest challenges they're facing right now or whatever it might be that you want to ask them, but continually collecting data over time beyond just listening on social media or sending out a survey, you can always be collecting that data. One thing that we do with my webinars now is when you opt in for a webinar from a Facebook ad, if you do opt in, you will land on a confirmation page and it asks you, okay, so let's say the topic of the masterclass that they signed up for was about webinars. So we'd say, if you've never done a webinar yet, what has stopped you? And we give them three or four options and they choose the one that best fits them. And always I'm getting feedback. And so if for some reason I got feedback different than I thought I would, that would help me change things the next time around. So maybe you're just collecting data now because next time you can do it differently. So I don't know, just some thoughts about how to start collecting data so that next time you can change things and experiment in a different way. Yeah, I forgot, Amy, that we actually did this. We're actually doing this right now. And we put this into play last week into our current webinar registration for the local business course that we just started offering here in October. Yeah. And I forgot that you had done this. So we're challenged with trying to figure out more. We want to know more about the people who are attending the webinar. Yeah. And so we're like, well, what if we just kind of exactly what you just said? I had completely forgotten that you had done this. Yeah. And I said, what if we just added like simply two questions to the thank you page after people register for the webinar? And we didn't really know how to, from a technical standpoint, and, and I'm, your audience, I'm sure, will will um, will connect with this here. Both you and I always say we're not technical. <laughs> we're right. not techie people. <laughs> Here's a perfect example. I'd love to know how you all, did this. All I know was I wanted to collect data once people registered. So I said, can we, I said to my team, can we embed an Infusionsoft forum in there? Can we embed like SurveyMonkey in there? How do we get these people to answer, you know, two simple questions once they register? And so in the essence of not wanting to figure this out from a, like a big technical standpoint, and yeah. also we wanted to get this set up as fast as possible, all we did was we put a link on the thank you page. 
that said something about, I forget the language I used about answering two questions, but I said, and I just put it in capital bold letters. Just, I said, click here to answer two quick questions so that we can better help you or something like that. And it linked to a Google form. It and was did very people simple. do it? I have hundreds what? of responses. And I was like, why have I not done this in the past? Amazing. And so the, the two questions I asked is, what is your business? Like what kind of local business do you have? And what's your biggest challenge in growing your business? That's all I asked. Perfect. And the information I have, not only do I have what industry they're in, but I also have what their challenge is. And <laughs> I saw it come across. I was like, this is gold because like you were saying before, I mean, like the more information that we can have about the people that we're trying to help, we can help them better. And then and help more people beyond that. Absolutely. Yeah, the people yeah. that might not have signed up, but we now have more information to get in front of them. Okay. Yeah. Because you also start to see patterns, you know, oh, of yes. what people what people are struggling with. And especially too, as far as like the niches go, you can see some patterns with niches. Like, I don't know, realtors are having challenges with such and such. And you got to see patterns and, and how you can help other people. Well, that's exactly what I was going to say. Two things about what you said. Number one, I love that you kept the technology really simple I never would have suggested you do it that way. And you had success with it. So that's awesome. We did a whole custom thing, which cost money and time. And so I would not suggest that to my students just starting out. So I love that you went the easier route. And number two, you start to see patterns, like you said, and on your webinar, you can use some of that information. Like for me, Lately, we've been seeing a lot of people in the photography business signing up for my webinars course. Mm -hmm. So we can maybe use photography as one of the examples in my webinar to resonate with a larger percentage of those who got on. So you could start kind of crafting your exactly. webinar around some of that feedback as well. Okay. Yep. So Love I feel it. like we could get off this podcast episode and that would be super valuable Seriously. for those that are especially <laughs> doing webinars with Facebook ads, but we've got even more for you guys. So what's the second common mistake that you see with entrepreneurs building their businesses with Facebook ads? Another big mistake that I see people make is choosing the wrong objective. And the objective is so critical. And it's the first thing that you do when you set up your Facebook ads campaign. You click create campaign and it's the first thing that you have to choose is the objective. Then you name the campaign and that's all you do at the campaign level. But this thing really, and it's been very interesting for me because it's been a good exercise in that, you know, we are so close to everything and sometimes we can oversimplify things in our mind. And we're like, well, of course it's that, you know what I mean? Right. But objective is one of those things that a lot of people trip up over and so it's been really interesting for me because it's for, sort of forced me to kind of go back and really explain this a little bit differently and really harp on getting this part right. You know, we talked about before in the first mistake, you know, right or wrong. Yeah. Granted, there is no set right or wrong on the objective because you can test different things. However, when it comes to choosing your objective, you do want to choose the objective that most aligns with what the goal of your campaign is. And so what I mean by that is if you're looking to get people to register for your webinar, there is an objective called increase conversions on your website. And on your website just simply means on your website, on your landing page, you know, wherever you are looking to get those conversions. So if you're looking to get people to register for a webinar or opt in for something or download something, then your objective is going to be increase conversions. Because when you choose that objective, you're telling Facebook's algorithm, show my ad to as many people within the target audience that I'm about to set up who are most likely to take this action, meaning convert on your 
website. And Facebook's algorithm has all this data about its users, so it knows the tendency of people. And so it can show, that's why when when you have, I get all excited about this, can you tell? <laughs> I like my, it. my voice just got all pumped <laughs> up here. <laughs> that's why when you have like, let's just say you're, you have a potential audience reach of a million people. You're not going to reach all million people because not all million people are most likely to take whatever action that you're choosing as the objective. So if your objective is conversions, not all million of those people are most apt to take that action. Does that make sense? It does. Definitely. Okay. So the other one is a lot of people use is like send people to your website. This is the, these are the two that most people get kind of mixed up because they think like logically, well, I want to get people to my landing page to register or to download. So that is my, that's my goal or that's my objective. Well, this objective, send people to your website. And by the way, Facebook has sort of categorized these objectives in three different columns now, awareness, consideration, and conversion. And consideration, it's like, you know, as part of your, it's how the sales funnel is set up. Your awareness at the top, the middle of your sales funnel is that consideration. The bottom is the conversion. So if you want to send people, and I know you talk about this a lot, Amy, is that if you want to send people to a blog post, so that they can consume that content, warm them up, and they can opt in yeah. maybe to a, to a freebie within that article, then you would do send people to your website because that is your objective. That's your goal of the campaign. The goal is to get, and yes, I mean, the ultimate goal is to get people to opt in. But the first objective of your campaign is to get people to your content, to get people to the blog post. So you would choose the objective, send people to your website because again, you're telling Facebook's algorithm all right, when we have our ads here, I want you to show my ad to as many people within my target audience who are most likely to take this action, meaning click on your ad to go to your website. That part was really insightful to me when I sat down with you and we went over this just recently because yeah. I was thinking, okay, so if I send people to a blog post that has an opt-in, then maybe the objective should be to get that opt-in. And you're saying, no, initially you just want as many eyeballs on that blog post as possible because yeah. you can retarget that traffic. And that's what's extremely valuable. Yeah. Because when you retarget those people, then your objective is increased conversions on your website. So that is a different campaign yes. because, because at that point your goal is to get people to register or opt in. So at that point, your objective is going to be increased conversions. Now, the other thing that people get mixed up on this is that I'm running a video. Yes. Shouldn't my objective be video views? Well, my recommendation here is even though you're running a video, if the goal of your video ad is to get people to register or to opt in for something, then use the increased conversions on your website objective. If your goal is to simply just get as many, more of an awareness play or branding play, as we used to call it, to get just as many eyeballs on the video as possible, then you don't really care what action that they take. Get video views is the objective that you want to choose for that. But most people, most of you know the people that listen to the podcast here are going to be wanting people to take an action. And so whether it's sending people to your website or getting increased conversions on your website, even if you're going to be using a video, still choose the objective that aligns with the goal of your campaign. Yes. Okay, good. That was a good one. I think that was offering some clarity around that is really important. Okay. Moving on to mistake number three. Yeah. This, the next mistake is not testing enough. And I know that you had a question. You had a question in your Facebook group about this recently. Do you yes, want to read that question? I will. Okay. 
So I think it's Katerina. Do you think that's how you say it? Yes. Okay, good. Katerina says, a friend of mine says it's better to test the same ad over and over again without creating a new one because you don't want to lose the social signals like the likes and the shares on that ad. Is this true? When I test an ad, I always create a new campaign for each target audience and then test ad image and ad copy, et cetera, for each of these ads separately. So each ad starts without any social signal. Yeah. So I love I, this is such a great question. And a lot of people have this question here. And so I agree with what Katarina is saying as far as how she normally approaches it. She says, when I test an ad, I always create a new campaign for each target audience. Now, she doesn't need to necessarily create a whole new campaign each time. You can create you know, different ad sets with different targeting audiences and that have different ads in each of those ad sets for the target audiences. You don't necessarily have to create new campaigns. But the point of what she's saying here is, I test different things here against different audiences. And I do recommend that you say that. And the first line of her question here, she says, a friend of mine said it's better to test the same ad over and over. This goes back to our first point, is that there's this mindset out there of people saying, do this. This is what works. Right. You know, it's better to do this. And this is a perfect example of that. And so there is no, this works. This is going to work. And so the thing that I see people do is that they don't test enough or they're testing too much and I see this a lot too, and I know that you, that you and I have talked about this as well, is that people start testing so many different things all at the same time Yes, that they don't even know, like you get lost in it all. And you're like, I have no idea what's even, we know what's even going on. And so what I like to do is I know that Facebook, the algorithm is set up to have you put multiple ads within an ad set. And so let's just say I'm targeting you know, fans of you, Amy. So we're targeting Amy Porterfield and I want to test three different ads against your audience in Facebook. Well, Facebook, the way that it's set up is that you would put all three of those ads within the same ad set. The problem with that, and we've tested this so many different ways to see what works and what doesn't. The problem with it is that Facebook, quote unquote, declares a winning ad way too soon, way too soon for my liking. What I mean by that is let's just say we start an ad at I don't know, five o'clock in the morning, and we're running three ads all within the same ad set targeted to your audience, Sammy. Well, by like 10 o'clock in the morning, Facebook has already pretty much declared a winning ad of those three. And so what happens is it puts all the delivery emphasis on that one ad and then pretty much nothing against the other two. When in reality, what we've seen is it doesn't give it enough time to truly figure out which ad is performing the best like a little bit of success with one of the ads, it automatically runs with that one. And then it doesn't give any love to the other two. And so what I'd rather see people do is maybe start with two ads. You have your ad set that's targeting Amy Porterfield with one version of an ad, and then the same exact ad set targeting Amy Porterfield, and then a different version of an ad. And so you just run those two. That way they're running equally against the same audience. Then you run that for three, four, five days, see which of those ads is going to be performing better, then get a more true winner, quote unquote, of the ad. And then you can rotate in that other ad that you had to stop the one that was not performing well, rotate the new ad in to try to beat the one that was performing the best. Does that make sense? It does. Okay. Yeah. So that's, yeah. So that's the way that I sort of approach testing is that there's no right, you know, like this is going to work. But what we do know is you do have to test 
in order to see what's going to perform the best. Now, when you are testing, don't change up, you know, five different things of the ad when you are testing one against the other. What I mean by that is if you're running, let's just say an image ad, then don't change the copy, the image, the headline, the call to action completely in the new ad because then you won't know what is working for you. So if you're going to run an image ad, have everything, for example, have everything be the same and then just just change the image. So everything else is the same, the headline, the ad copy, the call to action, everything is the same except for the image. Now you know, okay, if one of those is performing better against the same audience, you know what the deciding factor there is. It's likely the image because that's what you changed out. So, okay. That makes sense. Definitely. Because it does get a little bit confusing about how to test and when to test. Yeah. But I think that breaking it down this way definitely will keep it a little bit more cleaner and make sense. Yeah. And the other thing too on that, just to, just to kind of finalize that point here is that I do like to test an image ad versus a video ad. Oh, I remember you saying that to me one time. Yeah. Yeah. So you could do the exact same thing. We're targeting, okay, targeting fans of me in Porterfield have an image ad targeting that group and then the exact same target group, but now we're using a video ad. So now we're testing whether the image ad is performing better than the video ad or vice versa. Yeah. All right. And we recently did that big test and I'll be reporting back. Rick and I will do one episode where maybe we can break down some of my new Facebook ad endeavors with this last launch, like a lot of video ads. So are you up for that? Yeah. Okay, good. So we'll talk about that. Okay. So what is mistake number four? People don't give their ads enough time to run. Oh, yes. So this aligns with sort of like what we just kind of wrapped up there as far as testing goes is that <laughs> I have a lot of people in the group, they're like, okay, they, they'll post in the Facebook group, they'll say, all right, I launched my ads this morning and now I just can't tear myself away from watching <laughs> watching ads manager. You know, it's like sitting at the gambling table, they think, and like <laughs> they're glued to it. I totally hear you, I, I, I get that. But you've got to give time to Facebook's algorithm. You've got to let the algorithm work for you. And so what I like to say is, let your ads run for at least 72 hours before you go making any changes to your ads because you've got to give the algorithm time to you know get your ads into the overall algorithm and get it delivering get some data and all that stuff you know people oftentimes don't let the ads run long enough and then they start making decisions on what to do and what not to do with the ad but you've got to give it i like to say at least 72 hours before making any decisions on the ad now this is whether you're just launching the ad for the first time or you've made changes to the ad and you've restarted it, which leads me to, I don't want to go too far down this other path here, but I've seen this more and more, the question of, I want to make a change to the ad. Should I make the change while the ad is running? Or should I, like, for example, like I want to change out, I don't know, the headline. I want to test a new headline. So should I just go in there and edit the existing ad and change it out? No, stop the ad, duplicate it, and then make the change that you want and then restart that ad. Because when your ad starts, Facebook's algorithm is setting it up based on the ad that you are starting off with. And so if you make any changes you know, midway, it messes with the algorithm. And so that's the other thing too. So when you make a change and you restart an ad, again, your 72 hours or so starts about that point too. So whether you're just starting the ad for the very first time or you've made a change and you're restarting something, give it enough time to get into Facebook's algorithm to start delivering before you start making any changes to it. Okay, that's a good one. So 72 hours is kind of what we're going with. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I would say, I mean, 72, like it's not hard and fast, but I would say don't like 48 hours minimum on that. I like to let stuff run for at least three days. Okay, cool. All right. And the final mistake, give it to us. Yeah. It's the stats, not looking at the right stats. And what I mean by that is I hear from so many different people they're like, oh, my CPA, like, so their goal is, you know, they want to get webinar registrations or people to opt in for a free download or something. And then they come back and they're like, well, my CPM is X. And, you know, these other, these other, other stats that they're looking at, they start spouting these off. And it's like, well, wait, what's the objective of your campaign? And they say, well, conversions, I want people to opt in or register. And I say, okay, what is your cost per lead? And then they have, they have to go digging for that. But yet they know what the CPM is. And so my point of all this is, and I'm not making light of this because it's really, really important to understand this, is that look at this stat, look at the metric that is most aligning with the objective that you're choosing. So what do I mean by that is if your goal is to get webinar registrations or opt-ins or downloads, whatever it is, then your number one metric that you want to be looking at is what is your cost per lead? Not CPM. I'm not saying that CPM is not important. I'm saying that the first step that you want to be looking at is what is your cost per lead? Likewise, if your objective is to say, send people to a blog post so that you can retarget them, well, my objective would be send people to the website. So in that case, the stat that I want to be looking at first and foremost is what is my cost per click? Then you start looking at it from there. What is my click-through rate? And then you can look at other things from there. But look first and foremost at the stats that most align with the objective that you are choosing. And then based on what you're seeing there, then you can look at what I like to call troubleshooting metrics, like the other metrics like click-through rate and relevance score and your conversion rate on your landing page and that sort of thing. So know what your, the initial stat that you want to look at is and then use the other stats to help make the decision on the health of your ads and, and what kind of changes that you want to make. Okay, perfect. That would make sense for sure. And speaking about metrics for your Facebook ads, Rick and I did an episode called How to Organize and Analyze Your Facebook Ads. And we did dive into some more specifics around looking at your ads at a deeper level and understanding some of those metrics. So if you go to amyporterfield.com forward slash 127, so episode 127, amyporterfield.com forward slash 127, you can get even more details in that area. Rick, thank you so much for your time. I think that understanding these five mistakes and knowing how to sidestep them is so valuable. So thanks for being here. Absolutely. I think just kind of one final just word about that is that, you know, we use the word mistakes. Yes, they are mistakes, but it's all just a learning process. You just got to like, just got to keep testing on these things. You know, if you quote unquote mess up on the objective, it's okay. You'll quickly figure out that, you know what, maybe I should try a different objective, for example. And it's just all about testing. So there's really no quote unquote mistakes in what we're doing here with Facebook ads, but just sort of use these things where we see challenges of people not getting the results that they want often tying back to the things that we're talking about here today. So just keep testing. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Rick. And I cannot wait to have you back. Thank you so much, Amy. This has been a blast. So there you have it. Hopefully you found some tips and strategies as you navigate the sometimes very choppy waters of Facebook advertising. I hope you'll join me next week. Episode 136 is all about creating content for your next promotion free content that will not only help you build up your email list, but find your ideal audience. So we're doing some content creation next week. I'd love to see you there until then have an amazing week. Bye for now. 
Thanks for listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast at www.amyporterfield.com.